It's July 24th, and this week my son informed me of a Christmas present he wants. He's not in here, so I can, I guess, tell on him a little bit more freely. He told me he needs a Nintendo DS. And he clarified that he needs the DS because it can go with him anywhere, like his room or the car. And the other Nintendo thing he has has to stay in the living room. Now, I suspect that this is a typical conversation that many parents have with their eight-year-olds, and the reason I suspect this is Nintendo has sold a lot of Nintendo DSs. But of particular note to a parent or a grandparent is the blurry use of the words want and need out of the mouth of an eight-year-old. I need a DS so I can play in the car or in my room. And mom or dad say, you do not need anything. You've got food, you've got water, you've got a roof, you're just fine. And while we are talking to or at each other, we're definitely not talking with one another when we are having this conversation because wants and needs are uh, particularly interesting as a parent and as an eight-year-old, and as we talk with one another about them. Now, delineating wants and needs as a parent is much easier, well, than in other areas when it comes to delineating wants and needs, like in our prayer life or in the realm of faith. At least, it's more difficult for me. In faith, it's, it's harder to tell what is a want and what is a need when I'm talking to God. Maybe this happens to you as well. Maybe you get your wants and your needs mixed up when it comes to your prayer life. And in doing so, maybe we all forget how simple our faith and how simple prayer can really be. I think maybe today's passage is a call back to the basics. Maybe looking at how we pray or what we should pray, will point us back to the core of what matters most when it comes to our faith. Now, the sermon uh, this morning is about Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. There's a misprint in the bulletin. But I pray that God will open our hearts to the simplicity of our faith and the simplicity of this prayer as we turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgave everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him in the midnight, at midnight, and you say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me, the door has already been locked. My children are with me in bed, and I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, 
at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it shall be given you. Search and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there any among you, if your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or a child who asks for an egg will give a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for Him? This is the Gospel of our Lord, for which we say, Thanks be to God. How simple is your faith? Because it can really be kind of simple. Consider that prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Now I know the preacher might be the wrong person to talk about simplicity of faith, for churches like to hire preachers who have seminary degrees. But in all truth, all of that study, the theology, the ethics, the history, and everything else is really just a way of working out how we understand what God is doing and how we see our wants and needs around what God does. In the beginning, God created us. The Old Testament is full of stories of how God provided and delivered His people from danger into safety. And though it's quite simplified, the Gospels in the entire New Testament help us experience the presence of God through the person of Jesus Christ. And all of this comes with our acknowledgement that God's presence and a relationship with God happens by interacting with God through prayer and through faith. And so, God promises to meet our needs. Meet our needs. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we remember the simple Lord's Prayer, we are reminded what our needs really are. You see, faith can be simple. Faith can be as simple as seeing what God has done for us and what God promises to do for us. And praying this prayer and keeping it ever in front of us helps us to remember what our needs truly are and points us to them again and again and again. Jesus asks, or Jesus' disciples ask him, Lord, how should we pray? Teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. And his simple answer is, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, you are in heaven. You are in charge. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May what happens be what you, God, want to happen. And help me to be a part of that happening. Give us today our daily bread. God, you promised to provide. Please, please provide for us. Forgive us our trespasses, for we've forgiven everyone who's indebted to us. Lord, help me forgive just as you have forgiven me. And lead us not into temptation. For as we know from the beginning, that will most definitely come. This is simple. It's powerful. It's focusing on things first and most that can truly change our lives, our hearts, our souls, and I think just might change the world if we let it be this simple. 
if we let this prayer become as familiar to us as a mother hugging us, if we allow it to become the way that we see the most important parts of our faith and the, most impor- the ways that these important parts help shape the world we live in, the world that's all around us. This prayer is a simple prayer. And it can help us remember how profoundly simple this faith that we have really needs to be. Now the result of keeping faith simple is that God answers the prayer. God responds to the prayers and the promises that that are prayers that help us meet and understand our needs. God answers these prayers because they are spoken out of our true needs and not the ones that inevitably develop because of the world we live in and the time in which we live. But God will meet our needs, and it's affirmed right there at the end of the passage. Who would give your child a snake if they asked for a fish? Who would give an egg? If, who would give your child a scorpion if they asked for an egg? If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more is God going to know how to give you the gifts that you need? We don't get everything we want, but we do get everything we need. Some of our sixth graders in Bible school this week uh, saw some clips from the movie Bruce Almighty. And at one point in the movie, Bruce is answering the prayers of people and just decides to give everybody everything that they want. And what happens is utter chaos, right? God saying yes to our every whim and want doesn't make our faith more simple. It can make a big mess, and it definitely means we're missing the point. But as God's people nurturing a simple faith, when we ask in God's name, and when we are on point with our needs, and, and, and we're seeking forgiveness, and we're seeking to be a part of the presence of God in the world, and when we look to be involved in the Holy Spirit's work around us, I think what we find is God is gracious and powerful and loving and forgiving. And we know that God will answer those prayers. We remember when we can be, and we can be assured in that. For God says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. This week, every day at the end of our opening assembly, we taught our kids the Lord's Prayer. And I hope some of them learned it. They only recited it four times. Others recited it in their classrooms. But I think it's an important prayer for us to learn. Because again, it teaches us to be familiar with what God has promised to do for us. It teaches us what Jesus calls us to and it teaches us what our great needs are. And in fact, I think this prayer is exactly what we need to remind us what our faith is all about. This prayer, it can be like a lens through which we can more clearly see the world around us. Like good glasses, these new silly ones that I got this week. No matter how good, how fun or interesting your glasses are, if the lenses are no good, they're useless. And one of the best lenses we can have for seeing the world is the Lord's Prayer. That's what this prayer does. It helps us feel at home, helps us see rightly. And in praying it, we know we are praying to God the things that God promises 
to provide for us. There are so many ways to be overwhelmed, distracted, distressed, and frustrated, especially given all the access to all the information that we have these days. It seems maybe it must become a habit for us as faithful people to, like a a good pair of glasses, put on this prayer every day. Help us to see our hearts and see the world and see clearly what is most important so that we can see the world as God sees it and we can interact with this world the way that God has created us to do so. I think this story is about how we see the world. I think it's how we see our faith. I think it's about wants and it's about needs. And I think the Lord's Prayer is about our greatest needs. Our need to feel in God's presence. Our need to see the world well and clearly. And our need to see the world the way God wants us to see it. Max Lucado, in his book about the Lord's Prayer called The Great House of God, gives us some words of encouragement that I want us to look at as we move towards closing. Lucado writes that this prayer is, the Lord's Prayer is like a house that we live in, a place where we go for safety and comfort and understanding. And of it he says, you're one step away from the house of God. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, whether it's in the office on Thursday or at soccer practice on Saturday, you are one decision away from the presence of your Father. You never need to leave the house. You don't need to change zip code. You don't need to leave your house. You don't need to change your zip code. All you need to do is change your perception. When your car is stuck in in traffic, you can step in the chapel. When a gust of temptation unbalances your stride, step behind the wall of the strength. When employees belittle you, take a seat on the porch next to your father and he'll comfort you. Remember, this is no house of stone. You won't find it on a map. You won't find it described in your realtor's journal. You will find it in the Bible. You've seen the blueprint before. You've read the names of the rooms and recited the layout. You're familiar with the design, but chances are you never considered it a house plan. You just viewed it as a prayer. The Lord's Prayer. It would be difficult to find someone who hasn't quoted or read the words. Children memorize it. Parishioners recite it. Students study it. But I want, us to ch- I want to challenge us to do something different. Let's live in it. Let's view it as a plan for our spiritual house. These verses Christ has provided more than model of prayer. He has provided a model for living. These words do more than tell us what to say to God. They tell us how to exist with God. These words describe a grand house in which God's children were intended to live with Him forever. The Lord's Prayer, it's a home for our heart. It's a model for how we can pray. It's a guide for living and it's a lens through which we can see the world. And though this prayer is simple, it's more profound than we can imagine. For as we continue to pray, it continues to grow in us and on us and help us grow. It meets our greatest needs. It calls us to our greatest needs, to put God first, to forgive and be forgiven, and to see what God wants to happen here on earth and to participate in that happening. These are big dreams. These are big needs. But they're what we we are called to and how we will be comforted and made whole. In these words, We find a simple prayer, a simple faith, 
but a faith that has the power to change us and change everything. I pray that as Christian people, we can begin today to be more formed and guided and encouraged by this prayer Jesus has taught us. May it point us to what's important. Through it, may we see God at work. And may it be a safe prayer that we come back to when we need the affirmation of a God who longs to give us everything we truly need. This prayer is simple and it speaks to the essence of our faith. God loves us. God provides for us. God frees us from temptation. And God leads us to everlasting life. May we follow God each time we pray these words. And may God speak well to us through these words that we have been taught to pray. Let us pray together. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for all the ways that you are with us and that you provide for us. We pray that you would help us to see as you call us to see, to provide as you call us to provide. Help us to know what our greatest needs are. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this prayer that points us back to the basics, that gives us a safe place to go, and that helps us to see the world as you call us to see it. And so, Lord, may it ever be on our hearts today and for each day ahead. Lord, as you've spoken to us in this day and or this week or in days past, Lord, help us to respond to the ways that you have led in in this day and in each day ahead. Lord, we love you and thank you for all the ways that you are with us. It's in your name we pray these things today. Amen.